Thanks for tuning in to the Saturday Night Supper Club podcast. This week, we're hearing a message from Juliana Young titled Making Room. She shared this during the holiday season, and it was perfect because it's really about making room for Jesus in our hearts and remembering what this time of year is all about, but then also holding space for others and putting their needs above our own. It was amazing to hear this message from Juliana because she's a very selfless person and really lifts and walks this out. She's a very authentic person and an eloquent speaker. Let's hear from Juliana about making room. So I was encouraged, very encouraged by Paula, who just looked at me one day and said, you're going to do this. You can do this. You know how she talks to you. She doesn't request. She didn't ask. She didn't ask if I was ready. She said, you can do this. I know you can. So I want to thank you for that. Um, and thank you for the beautiful prayers. If you ever get to speak here, you get like eight people praying over you, and that's the best. So, so I'm blending a couple of messages together in with, uh, for this Christmas season. So in Luke 2-7, Mary gave birth to her first child. She wrapped him in snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in the manger because there was no lodging available for them. And if we really think about what that means and what that meant way back then, um, people knew this was coming. It had been prophesied that there was going to be a Savior born. But were people really prepared for this? So when there was no room in the inn when Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph had to go to their next best choice, which is a very cold and dark stable. Off by themselves, they were all alone. Um, in the inn, of course, they knocked on lots of doors, and they were told we don't have any room. And what I think part of it could have been is that there was this need to have to have the census done. So you had to go back. It's like all of us needing to go back to our hometown for a week to get the census done. It would be a mad rush. There would be nowhere for us to stay. So this has seemed to be what happened when Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So the prophecies had been foretold that the truth of the Savior would be coming. His birth would be so important that it would split B.C. and A.D. So our birthdays are all based on that alone. So that says this is pretty significant. So when the Son of the God came into the world, there was no room for him, which I find ironic. You know, he could have come in a different way. He could have had been born in a castle. He could have had... Um, this finest hotel, asking him to come and stay with a neon light saying Jesus was going to be born here. You know, somebody could have made some money off of that. <laughs> but we can't be too harsh on the innkeeper for not having room. You know, some of us don't have room either for Jesus in our lives at times. I know I do. I know I did. I used to be in the way of what he wanted. Um, so making room for Jesus is a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. So it's not just a problem way back then in the actual not having room for Jesus to be born. There's still severe overcrowding in our minds with news, politics, information, concerns that come from our financial well-being, especially the end of the year and you know our budgets are going to be out for 2017, but we're spending all this money now. Uh, emotional stress during this season. And sometimes people have a really hard time with this season based on their history and their past. So just all of this stress gives us not a lot of room to be quiet 
So our schedules are overcrowded with things to do. The stores have shoppers. The highways are crowded. Uh, the airways are crowded with noise and talk shows, and they're even still talking about politics because that doesn't ever go away. <laughs> so preparing time with takes time too. Preparing time to have friends, to make the rooms ready for people to get home for guests, decorating, what to get your mother for Christmas because you never know what she needs. <laughs> Making travel plans. <laughs> <laughs> Meal plans, parties, gatherings, ornament exchanges, you know. We are all busy. Our calendars are very busy right now. With so much overcrowding in our minds and our busy lives, we run the risk of not actually putting it on our to-do list is time with Jesus. So we need to make room in our personal inn for Jesus. We can resist giving him the significance in our lives that he truly deserves during this time. We can be distracted. Distraction used to be an idol for me. It was the way I got through life. But now being distracted means I don't have time with Jesus. So we fill up our schedule with events that pale in significance compared to Jesus. So I'm going to have you think about these questions as I'm speaking and after you leave tonight. What are some of the ways that we fill our ins and leave little room for Jesus during Christmas and throughout the year? Maybe think about those things that you might be able to replace or put down. How can we create margin in our Christmas schedule right now to focus on the importance of Jesus? And more importantly, how do we do this all year round? This is a crazy time, but this is a significant time of celebrating why we are Christians. What are some of the things in your life you absolutely need to say no to, that you used to want to go to, you used to love going to, but maybe you say no this time? And that's hard. Um, but what you're saying yes to is a growing, vibrant relationship with Jesus. That's your potential. We all have potential for that. Being mindful of these questions as you make your way through the calendar from today till the end of the year and beyond is what I challenge you with today. Spiritual balance is crucial. It's, benef it's beneficial to be alone, to meditate, to pray, to converse, whether you're singing a song to him or talking to a friend about him. This is a mysterious time to think about back then when he was born and why he was born and the fear that Mary carried. Um, having those private moments of asking Jesus about that starts a conversation with him. In Galatians 2.20, if we receive Jesus in our hearts, we become what we receive. Then it is not so much our life but Christ living with us. What we have received as a gift, we freely share as a gift. So it's our job to, re to share the gift that we've been given with others. In the message uh, for Peter 4.10, it says, everything in the world is about to be wrapped up. So take nothing for granted. Stay wide awake in prayer. Most of all, love each other as your life depends on it. Love makes up for practically anything. Be quick to give a meal to the hungry, a bed to the homeless, cheerfully. Be generous with different things God has given you, passing around so that all get a little of it. If words are what it is, then be, let it be God's words. If help, let it be God's hearty help. That way, God's bright presence will be evident in you and everything through Jesus, and he'll get all the credit as the mighty one in everything. That's good news. 
He gets the credit. He gave us the Holy Spirit living within us. He gave us those presents inside of us. So after we make time for Jesus, then it's time to make space for others. The greatest gift we can offer anyone is to bring Jesus to them, to be the blessed Mother Mary, to be Christ bearers, to give the present of Christ's presence to one another. So when we're together, we share in Christ's presence. And sometimes it may not look like two good friends. It may be talking to somebody that's going through it. And I call this holding space, and that's what the rest of my talk will be about. To hold space is to sit with one another in their experience. It's one of the greatest gifts we can give each other ourselves into the community. Holding space is one of those spiritual terms that mystifies a lot of people. Well, how do I hold space? Is it like taking up space? Some of us like to take up space with our words and advice and scripture and books and but really, that's not what holding space is. It's how to learn to be with another person without any judgment. That takes work. It doesn't require you to be anything but who you are, although many times you have to learn to let go of their beliefs to really hold space for them. So if somebody believes differently than you and you are in the practice of holding space, just listen. Someday you will understand why they may be where they are and not ready to fix them. It's a powerful addition to your spiritual practice. It takes practice, and it's a great thing for living life in general. So letting go of you. Mainly I use this term holding space as it's referenced in how we interact with others in a variety of situations. We have to put aside our thoughts and our judgments. That's the key to allowing somebody to be who they are, not who we want them to become or want them to be or see the potential in. It's actually just holding the space for them. Well, we can be triggered sometimes by what they're going through, but we have to hold that back, and that's our own ego working. But to truly hold space for someone else is to truly listen. How many married couples have been through the listening skills where you repeat back what you hear? That's not what this is. This is truly just listening and being there for the other person. And what, how I learned this is in the rooms of Celebrate Recovery. Six years, almost seven years of Celebrate Recovery. It's never done for me because I'm always growing. Our sharing is done in the honor of holding space for one another to speak freely, openly, emotionally, honestly, without judgment, without advice, without a book referral or scripture verse. The guidelines for Celebrate Recovery are so significant that I have attempted to adopt this way of holding space for one another so that they can be their authentic self without fear of judgment. They're in a safe place. And what I mean by that is we go around the room and we tell our story, and it's put out there on the table, but nobody responds. It just gives the person a place to be able to be heard without any judgment. The beautiful part is we don't have to fix one another. We're not in our head saying, well, what can I say to her that's going to make her better? What am I going to tell her about my experience that's going to make it different for her? We don't have to help each other, but we do have to hold space for one another. To learn how to hold space, and it's important how to witness our own thoughts, that's the step of letting go of your own self-judgment and to see how your ego self, ego self functions and judges you and everyone else. So the less you judge yourself, 
and that takes practice, the less you are likely to judge another. That takes a lot of work to forgive yourself and not judge yourself. You can forgive and other people, but that's the last piece of healing, I think, is forgiving and not judging yourself. So the less ego you have running around doing the show inside your head, the more easy and naturally it will be for you to hold space for others. You can discover a lot about your ego by just noticing the thoughts that are running through your head. Meditation, journaling are good ways to mindfully notice and write down what's happening inside of you. Of course, reading the Bible can point you towards your spiritual truths that God has given you, but not lean on our cultural or generational or family beliefs. That takes work, though. What I'm telling you tonight is that this has taken me a lot of years to get to this place. And um, I invite you into to this journey of, of this holding space for other people. There's a lot of inner um, untruths filling up the inner space of my head in the early days. Things I thought about myself that were really not told except for me in my own head. And when you're inside your space, it's too cluttered to really be there for another person. So the more inner work you do, however that looks to you, whether it's counseling or CR or a good friend or ministry leaders, um, you can do that work about hearing what God's truth is for you. The clearer you become about yourself and who you are in Christ, then you can be with someone wherever they are. The more peace you are with yourself, the easier it will be to hold space for another and to allow them to be exactly where they are because that's where God meets us exactly where we are. So as you begin to clear your own cobwebs of your truth versus God's truth, who says you are, it will become easier to hold space for another. Here are four simple steps to begin to do that. It's simple, but it takes work. Letting go of judgments of the decisions and lifestyles and beliefs of other people. They may not follow our lifestyles or our beliefs to be open to what they have to say and to not be quick to judge. Open your heart and seek to understand. Even if you've never had that shared experience, I had somebody in CR share her personal stuff with me one-on-one. -on -one. She didn't want to do it in the group. This was early on. This was my first step study, and I was a leader, and I was so afraid because I heard some ugly and horrific things, and I had to cleanse myself when I got home because it was just so hard for me to hear. But inside, I was really judging her parents and her situation, and I had to let that go because it was her story. Allow another to have whatever experience they're having to tell their story freely. Keep your mind clear and open to really hearing what they're saying. Give your complete and undivided attention to the person sharing and be fully present. Our mind chatter is what we need to quiet. You know, we're having a conversation on how our story compares and how we might be able to help them or just the right counselor to go see or the right book to read. It's tempting. The other thing it can do is trigger some of our old things that we hadn't gotten healing from. So if somebody's telling you a story and it relates to something you went through, it's time to check some of your unhealing that you haven't gone through completely. That's why I'm on step study number five. <laughs> Those key elements of holding, those are the key elements of holding space. You're not trying to influence the situation. You're not trying to fix it, win it, or affect the outcome. You're simply being with it fully so that it can work itself out. This doesn't mean becoming a victim to it if it hurts you 
or if it's hard for you. And it certainly doesn't mean that you can't step back if this just is too much for you at the beginning. Contrary to any fears that you might have about getting hurt or having hurt feelings while you're holding space for another, you're very powerful in this space because it's deep into this space that you are far, far more immune to any emotional hurt than you may realize. Some of the emotional hurt is just being triggered. It's time to revisit that piece of your healing. The more you understand, the more compassion arises when you're holding space, and compassion which is a clear sign of having a full, open heart. God is with you through this whole thing, and you can rely on him. Um, is when someone's expressing pain or difficulty, it's in those moments I'm holding them with a lot of love and letting go of my judgments. God is right here helping me do that. I'm not interested in fixing them, and I trust they will allow themselves to fully express what's happening. Deeper healing is already at work. I can continue to pray. And if you know my story, then you know that I was real busy trying to help and trying to fix. I thought I was a good helper but I'm learning that holding space for someone is really important. Depending on how aware someone is about their issue, I speak less and less. The more I hear, the more I trust their own deeper intelligence to find the solutions that they really need. Saying it out loud is so powerful. Those that are in Celebrate Recovery understand that, that wow, I just said something I might have never told anybody or never said in a public space. It's about making a safe space so people can actually feel their emotions, see their thoughts in potentially profound ways. All the while, I'm removing my ego as much as possible from this situation. The magic of this is that most of the time, people figure out by themselves what they need because you've given them the space to say it and to process it. By not repressing or avoiding their emotions, they can potentially process through and begin to release the pain. In general, the human being is a self-cleaning being. If we get out of the way of the natural inner healing, it seems to do really well with the help of the Holy Spirit. In a society that is so focused on doing, this can feel counterintuitive at first. But just try it out. I challenge you all. Sit in a space of a period of time with a coworker, a friend, a loved one who's upset and needs your loving presence. See what happens if you don't fuel the situation and just allow it to unfold. That's hard for some of us. Sure, some people can get lost in their own ego issues, but when you are holding space as a friend, it is not, not your job to get them out of their own ego, ego mental loops. The magic of holding space and building it as a practice will encourage your relationships. Holding space can be a lot of heart work and a lot of hard work. The first time you do it, there, are non, there might be non-reactive. The first time you do this and you are a non-reactive to your loved one who's having their normal outburst, coming home from work and complaining about the job or the traffic, it doesn't mean that you don't care if you're trying to hold space and not react like you normally do. Dinner's ready. Please sit down. I don't want to hear about it. Those just, those just keep that communication not so open. But if we're quiet and we acknowledge what they're going through, it really helps us to see that we really do care. And they see that we're really listening and not trying to come up with a solution. Most men love to fix things. Most women like to nurture things. But in this case, we just hold each other. You actually are carrying more 
about them than ever before because you're not feeding their emotional wounds. If anything, they now have their own emotional debris and they get to own it because you're holding a space as opposed to rolling around with them in it, if that makes sense. This can be intensely uncomfortable for the other person when you're not trying to fix them. It can be a transformative as well. As always, it's up to the other person in the equation to make the choice of how they want the results to be. I have a brother that I've been trying to help for a year, um, for a lot of years, I guess. And I can only give him my experience, strength, and knowledge, and courage. But I can't fix him, and it's breaking my heart right now. But I know he'll find his way as he moves through his pain. You can only be the piece of the puzzle. A happy, transformative ending is not necessarily the outcome that will arise when you hold space for someone. You may want to explain what you're doing with the other person the very first time you try this. It may be a relief for the other person that you're not going to give them advice and you're not going to give them scripture or something to read. But it can be an enlightening experience, not necessarily very comfortable to begin with. It may change the relationship. It may change the way that you relate to this person. And it may change the way that you have a friendship with them because they may not be ready to accept what you're trying to help them with. Keep in mind that some people just want to live in their misery. We know some of them. And they still want to come home and complain. But don't join them in the wallowing. They might get upset. You need to be just as comfortable with the outcome of quiet as with the positive of out outcome that it may bring to your relationship down the road. Absorbing other people's issues. Oh, that's a hard one when you're holding space. As I said, I did that for a friend, and I was absorbing her issues, and I was mad about it and sad about it. Um, especially when you're sensitive and empathetic. It's hard to not to absorb people's issues when you're holding space for them. And whenever you feel like you're taking on somebody's energy or issues, it's a sign that maybe there's a tweak for you in there of healing, further healing. And go to the people that hold space for you to get good counsel. The things that do trigger us and you get stuck on and you show where you're not clear, so the, rather than seeing holding space as potentially depleting or toxic to you, consider it as a form of self-awareness and a way to continue on your spiritual journey. Additionally, you're not supposed to take on other people's issues to help them. This is a common misconception. You are here, not here to fix other people. When you're holding space, you're simply allowing them to have their own issues. Let them have their experience and their pain. It is a teaching them that is more the important lesson of how you listen. By trying to take the pain away, they will not be able to learn from it. Oh, I know this so well from my daughter. I need to let her have her own lessons, her own experiences, her own pain. You'll just exhaust yourself, and both of you are now unhealthy codependents together, <laughs> if that's how you continue your relationship. That situation won't resolve itself until you let go of the pain and finally, finally feel it to the point that they are ready to let go of their suffering. Never forget, pain and suffering are some of the most powerful spiritual teachers for us. So if I take that away from someone, I'm, I'm robbing them from maybe something that they're learning. And who knows best about pain and suffering is Jesus does. And who will hold space for us as Jesus does. So in my own roles as teacher, facilitator, coach, mother, sister, friend, 
step study person, coworker, uh, dementia support group leader, whatever it is I do, I try to do my best to hold space for others. It's not always easy because I have a very human tendency to want to fix people, give them advice, or judge them for not being further along in the path than they are. But I keep trying to hold space because I know it's important. At the same time, there are people in my life that I get to trust, holding my space, holding my hand, telling me that I'll know when it's ready, encouraging me and letting me know that it's time. I've had the joy of learning the art of holding space for others and the joy of receiving that. As we continue our journey of spiritual growth, we can practice and become more aware of others' needs this Christmas season as we make more room for him through us as vessels of his love and understanding. Let's be open to this new idea. As we see somebody that may be in the darkness, we may be their only light. Jesus became our light over 2,000 years ago, and he brings us light to share with the world. Celebrate light this Christmas with all that are around you, whatever they are going through, whoever they are. Help them become who Jesus wants them to be. So let us pray. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity to to be here, to uh, intertwine this beautiful tapestry of Saturday Night Supper Club and to fellowship and giving me personally the forum to grow. I just thank you for your heart. I thank you for the warmth that you give us. I pray that as we go home tonight, that we sleep well, but we wake up with new, as Carla says, fresh ideas of how to hold space for someone else in our life. Maybe someone we're just not wanting to deal with. And for me, that's my brother. And tomorrow morning when I give him a call, I will hold space for him. I will not try to fix him. So Lord, I just ask you to call to mind to each one of us who that may be that we could just start practicing with, Lord. This is a practice that we just are so happy to go through alongside of you. You are our light, our peace, our comforter. You are our best counselor. You are the way, the truth and the light this Christmas season. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to the SNSC podcast. Make sure you subscribe so that you can be up to date on all the latest episodes. We have different speakers sharing every week on a variety of topics, and you really don't want to miss out. Make sure that you like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash snsupperclub. And at snsupperclub is our handle on Twitter and Instagram, so you can follow us there too. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you next time.